slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad to be with you. Hope everybody is doing well. Don't forget, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On for $10 off your first order. We have got a lot to talk about today. The NHL continuing to meet continuing to discuss plans for the resumption of play, and although we are still a ways away from that restart, no question we are getting closer and closer to having that plan in place, and that can only be good news for hockey fans. We'll talk about the latest. We'll also have the latest games that Islander fans can watch. We have a Big game from the Islanders' first Stanley Cup championship year on this date in Islanders history. And, of course, in our continuing series of the biggest what-ifs in Islanders history, what if the Islanders never moved to Brooklyn? We'll talk about that and a whole lot more on today's show. If you've got a topic that's on your mind, a question, a comment, or something you'd like to include in our remaining what-if shows. We've got three more after today. Uh, Feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And uh, if you mention your name and where you're from, we are happy to uh, mention you on the air as we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. We uh, also can uh, be reached, and you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, your host, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, and we'll keep you up to date on the latest news and notes concerning the New York Islanders. All right, before we begin with uh, the latest news from the NHL, wanted to just touch base about the schedule of Islanders Rewind games on MSG+. Plus. Always, you know, trying to keep everybody in the loop with regard to seeing Islanders clips, Islanders games, and what have you. So, we are uh, just sharing this information. Tonight, a game from December 27th, 1999. One of the last Islanders games of the 20th centuries against the Boston Bruins. That's uh, a 7 o'clock start on MSG+. Plus. All these games, 7 o'clock starts. Uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, we have a game from uh, 2010, November 26, 2010, against the New Jersey Devils. On Thursday night, 7 o'clock, uh, the October 8, 2018 game against the San Jose Sharks. Got to get at least 
one Western Conference team on the schedule this week. And then on Friday, uh, we have a game from April 15th, 1992 against the New Jersey Devils. So lots of action coming your way. Uh, No, not new games just yet, but at least we have uh, a way of sharing some Islanders footage and, you know, some games. and, And that, folks, is clearly a good thing, and it'll keep fans going during this suspension of play. As far as ending the suspension of play is concerned, what it's looking like more and more right now, and again, nothing is finalized, but according to Commissioner Gary Bettman, the NHL is looking at eight or nine potential hub cities that could host up to 12 teams in one location. Now, that's according to NHL.com. Toronto, Vancouver, and Edmonton have all expressed interests, but nothing, again, finalized. Bettman saying, I am told there can be enough capacity, and certainly over the next couple of months, there will be more capacity. But the fundamental question, and we certainly can't be jumping the line in front of medical needs. So, the old plan was each division would have its own hub city. Right now, we are looking more at two hubs, and there are advantages to that. Certainly, it means that no team would have to travel outside of their hub until reaching the Stanley Cup Finals. Either way, uh, you know, it it also means you're going toward bigger cities. No fans are going to be at these games, regardless of which of the cities they mentioned or some of the cities that you know, they haven't specifically mentioned those three cities are all in Canada. I'm sure they will try to have at least one location in the United States and probably one in Canada, but that's just, uh, you know, uh, an inference on my part. But at the end of the day, the league trying to figure it out, less travel, you can play every series up until the Stanley Cup final without having any teams needing to move on. Again, the idea that play will continue with 24 teams means that only seven teams would not continue playing, and those are teams that have no chance, realistically, at making the playoffs. The other thing included in this rumor, the playoffs would not necessarily be uh, expanded to 24 teams, but 24 teams would resume play, and then figure out which of those, which 16 of the 24 teams would qualify for the playoffs. So if you're an Islanders fan, you got to figure the Islanders would have to have a relatively strong finish in however many games they would play against other teams that are also resuming play uh, in order to qualify for the playoffs. Now the Islanders one point behind in the standings for that eighth and final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference, the second wild card, uh, they would need to probably beat out some of those teams in order to qualify for the playoffs, but at least they'd have a chance. And that is something that Islander fans certainly should appreciate and look forward to. Again, remember, every day gets us a day closer to the resumption of hockey.
And if the resumption of hockey makes you feel good, I've got something else that will certainly help you feel good. Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. No more gritty, bad textured bars. No more bars that make you make a, a sour face when you taste them. These bars are amazing. 16 flavors, 8 chocolate with nuts, 8 chocolate and nut free. All 16 flavors covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew and they are great for the health conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight and feel like you're cheating on your diet by eating a candy bar. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein and high fiber. Look at the peanut butter brownie flavor. 20 grams of protein, only 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, and 3 grams of net carbs. And right now, we have a special offer for Locked On Islanders listeners. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. We go back to May 19th, 1980. Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, Islanders and the Philadelphia Flyers. Game four of the Stanley Cup Finals. Islanders going for their first Stanley Cup win ever. And the Islanders entered this game with a 2-1 to lead in the series. Islanders Winning game one in Philadelphia, 4-3 in overtime. The Flyers dominating game two, 8-3. But then the series returned to the Coliseum Islanders with a thorough 6-2 victory over Philadelphia, setting us up for game four with the Islanders trying to take a dominating 3-1 series lead. Islanders go with Billy Smith in goal while Pete Peters is the netminder for the Philadelphia Flyers, and the Islanders would strike first. First of all, the Islanders kill off an early penalty as Billy Smith is called for slashing at 347, and just after that penalty expires, Tom Gorance of the Flyers is called for holding at 556. Islanders go on the power play, and who else but Mike Bossy gets his ninth Goal of the playoffs, Clark Gillies and Brian Trottier with the assists at 7-23. And the Islanders take a 1-0 lead. Islanders increase that lead almost six minutes later. Butch Goring, his seventh from Clark Gillies and Dwayne Sutter at 13-06. And after one period, the Islanders held a 2 to nothing lead. Flyers would close the gap in the second period. Early on, John Panic gets his first goal of the playoffs. Rick McLeish and Ben Wilson with the helpers. Time of the goal, 135. That made it a 2-1 to one game. No shock, the Flyers trying to intimidate the Islanders. Mel Bridgman of Philadelphia dropping the gloves with Dave Longevin at 3.06. They both head off five minutes for fighting. Islanders held that 2-1 to one lead through the first two periods, and early on in the third period, the Islanders extend it. Brian Trottier, his 11th of the playoffs. Gary Howitt with the assist, and it is suddenly a 3-1 to one 
Islanders lead, and then the Flyers get into a little bit of penalty trouble. Jack McElhargy called for holding at 9-16. The Islanders don't cash in, but what it does, it takes two minutes off the clock that makes it more difficult for Philadelphia to generate any offense. The Flyers kill that penalty off, and then less than a minute after it expires, the Rat, Ken Linsman, with his fourth playoff goal, Brian Propp and Tom Gorance with the assists. It's a 3-2 hockey game at 11.53. So, you know, eight minutes, seven seconds left, and it's a hockey game again, a one-goal hockey game. The Islanders, however, answer quickly. Less than a minute after the Linsman goal, Bobby Nystrom, his seventh from Bob Bourne at 12.35, and then uh, a minute and a half later, Clark Gillies, his sixth from Dwayne Sutter at 14.08. The Islanders end up with a 5-2 win to take a 3-1 lead in the series. Billy Smith, 34 saves in this game. The Islanders outshot 34-27, but still come away with the victory. Clark Gillies, a goal and two assists to pace the Islanders. Other multiple-point scorers, two assists for Dwayne Sutter and Brian Trottier with a goal and an assist. As far as plus-minus goes, Gord Lane and Ken Morrow, the defense pairing, each plus-threes for the Islanders. Dwayne Sutter, Clark Gillies, Butch Goring, all plus-two in this one. And as far as shots on goal, the Islanders had 27 shots but they distributed them pretty evenly. Mike Bossy, Clark Gillies, Bob Nystrom, each tied for the team lead with four. Bob Bourne, Butch Goring, Wayne Merrick, pitching in three shots on goal apiece. And the Islanders go on to take a 3-1 to one lead as the series headed back to Philadelphia for Game 5 a few days later. The Islanders, one game away at this point from winning their first ever Stanley Cup. And again, you know, people forget that the Islanders are winning this championship in 1980 in only their eighth season in existence. And this is before salary caps. This is before free agency. If you go back and compare you know, expansion drafts from the 60s and 70s with the way things were done most recently. Nowadays, between free agency and the generous expansion drafts, you know, teams are able to field competitive uh, franchises in year one. Look at what the Vegas Golden Knights did in their first season of existence. Now, that's commonplace or not shocking. But back in the day... The Islanders and the Flames, who both came into the league in 1972, struggled to fill out rosters. And again, as I mentioned before, the WHA took away some of the Islanders' potential uh, goal scorers. And that's why the Islanders set a record for futility in their first season. But boy, did Bill Torrey do a great job of building that franchise and... You know, in the seventh season, they had the... First of all, in the third season, they reached the semifinals. 
They reach the semifinals again each year, 75, 76, 77, and 79. And then in 79, they had the best record in hockey. And then in their eighth season, uh, they start their four-year Stanley Cup winning streak. So, you know, a big milestone just one game away on this date in Islanders history, May 19th, 1980. All right, time for our What If segment today. And the question is, what if the Islanders had not moved to Brooklyn in 2015? And, you know, the move to Brooklyn was a complicated one. Charles Wong, the late Charles Wong, who tried to build a new arena at the Nassau Coliseum to renovate it. He wanted to build the Lighthouse Project, which was a major construction. It had a mall, it had a hotel, it had uh, retail shops and all kinds of things in addition to a new and renovated Nassau Coliseum. That was defeated without getting too specific and too political here. Essentially, what happened was you had one political party running the town of Hempstead, a different political party running Nassau County, and some former politicians who really wanted uh, Charles Wong to give jobs and and play ball uh, to relatives and friends of theirs in, in an influence situation. Charles Wong refused, and the Lighthouse Project never really got the full political support that it deserved. And, of course, the lighthouse was not built. Charles was looking for an alternative. He ended up keeping the team uh, in the New York metropolitan area by moving them to Brooklyn. Now, there were problems right away with the move to Brooklyn. And fans certainly had some legitimate complaints about the move. Certainly for fans further east on Long Island or fans not on the south shore of Long Island, traveling to Brooklyn was not an easy thing. It involved either a train ride with a transfer at Jamaica to get home, which late at night after a game ended could take an hour and a half to two hours uh, door to door, or driving in rush hour traffic for a seven o'clock in the evening game from Long Island to Brooklyn. So, not the easiest place to get to. The issues with the ice were also certainly there. The piping that was in the Barclays Center was not up to NHL standards, and really, the ice quality was not great. And even though the team tried to get players to not talk about it, you could read between the lines and... You know, off the record, several players did express frustration with the quality of the ice. But all of that uh, has to take a backseat to the simple fact that if the Islanders did not move to Brooklyn, there really were not a lot of alternatives. The Nassau Coliseum was not going to be renovated in time. And the Islanders in the old Coliseum could not make enough money because of the lack of luxury boxes uh, and the fact that the facility was outdated and worn down, they could not make enough money at the old Coliseum to continue in the modern NHL. 
the alternative after the lighthouse project effectively died was either move to Brooklyn or move out of the New York area. And there were a number of places that were in consideration. Certainly Quebec City came up. And I remember uh, watching and covering Islanders games throughout the last five years the Islanders played their initial run at the Coliseum, the early 2010s, where, uh, you know, fans from Quebec City came to the Nassau Coliseum, wore Nordique jerseys and, and, and chanted in favor of the team, hoping that they would be able to move themselves to Quebec City. That didn't happen. Seattle, which has since been granted an expansion team, was another definite possible place that the Islanders could have looked into. Uh, they had ownership, you know, that was interested. The arena wasn't built yet, and that was probably the biggest obstacle. The third location that a lot of people were talking about at that point was Kansas City, which had a relatively new arena without a sports team as an anchor tenant. I mean, right now, Kansas City does not have an NHL team, does not have an NBA team. They built a new arena, but have been unable to attract a, a, a team in either of those sports there. So those were considerations. Another consideration was suburban uh, or Hamilton, Ontario, or suburban Toronto, although the Maple Leafs certainly vo voiced a lot of opposition. But to the credit of Charles Wong, he did not want to move his team out of the New York metropolitan area. Charles Wong, whatever you want to say about him as an owner, and he certainly had his faults at times. He was not familiar with the sport of hockey when he got here and bought the team, but he was very conscious of keeping the team in or near Long Island. He lost a lot of money on the team, and he cared about the community where he lived and where uh, his team played. So Charles made the best available choice, even if it was an imperfect choice, and moved the team to Brooklyn. And look, it ended up being a temporary thing. The team played, what, three, four seasons in Brooklyn? The last season was a partial season. There were a few big moments there. The biggest one that comes to mind, obviously, the John Tavares double overtime game-winning goal that gave the Islanders their first playoff series win in 23 years, back in 2016. So that was a big moment. And, you know, it was worth a shot. But now, I think in the long run, having this new arena near Belmont Park is going to work out well. It's more convenient for Long Islanders to get to. There will be a Long Island Railroad stop. There will be, you know, a parking lot, ways for cars to get there. Hopefully it means a boon in businesses, uh, bars, restaurants, uh, and what have you nearby. And I, I think it'll be better for Long Islanders than the arrangement was in Brooklyn. But say what you want about the Islanders stay at the Barclays Center. Without it, the New York Islanders as we know them, as we love them, 
would not exist any longer. So thank you to Charles Wong. May he rest in peace. Thank you to the Barclays Center. As imperfect as it was, there would not be a New York Islanders franchise as we know it if the Islanders were unable to move to Brooklyn. Well, that wraps up this edition of Locked on Islanders. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NHL. If you're enjoying the show, please tell a friend, a family member, another Islanders fan who you know, and you can help spread the word about the show also by leaving us a five-star rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice. Have a great day, everybody. Remember, we're always one day closer to the resumption of hockey. And of course, let's go Islanders.